This is the Internet Ballers Podcast, episode 48. This is the Internet Ballers Podcast with your host, Michael Pasha, the show for internet entrepreneurs who want to learn how uncertainty and struggle turn into confidence and success. Welcome to the Ballers Circle. Thanks for listening and welcome to the Baller Circle. I'm Michael Pasha, the host of the Internet Ballers Podcast, and today I'm excited to welcome Nick Unsworth from Life on Fire to the Baller Circle. Nick is the founder of LifeOnFire.com. He is an internationally known seasoned speaker and author with deep expertise on business coaching and Facebook marketing. He has spoken to audiences from 30 to 1,500 around the world. With his authentic charisma, unique ability to make learning fun, and ability to deliver results-generating content, Nick is frequently one of the top-rated speakers at major conferences, both online and offline. Now, I'm happy to welcome Nick to the show. And speaking of conferences, we actually met officially at his conference, the uh, Life on Fire event, in December. And I first heard of Nick and first saw saw you speak uh, at two other conferences, which was the No Excuses Summit uh, in San Diego and at Thrive. So, Nick, I'm I'm happy to have you here because your story is pretty amazing uh, since we do focus a lot on, you know, the story of the struggle being the story of success, and you truly do uh, exemplify all those things. So, uh, th- so thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, man, fired up to be here, and, I, and I'm glad that um, all those struggles are paying off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Like w- when you shared your story, what stood out to me um, was the fact that you failed again and again and again. Uh, but with each failure, probably probably more than most other people that I, I've heard their stories of, you failed so many times that uh, you know it's surprising that you were able to continue to go on, to continue to per- persevere, and just didn't let those failures get you down. Uh, so I, I wanted to really get into your journey and get into really what motivates you to stay forward. But before we before we do that, I wanted to kind of take a step back and for people who aren't familiar with the Nick Unsworth story, uh, I want to talk about kind of kind of your beginnings. You know what 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 started out. Uh, you as an entrepreneur, and what sort of what are some of the struggles that you went through, and things you learned from those struggles? Yeah, no, for sure. So, yeah, for me, um, you know, I just ever since I was a little kid, I was really fixated on being an entrepreneur and uh, being my own boss, and I was so focused on, you know, having this lifestyle. You know, it's kind of like you know, as a kid, I used to love watching MTV Cribs. I was like, I, I always. I loved the idea and the thought of being financially wealthy and being able to help people. So I always had a heart to help. And I also noticed that my, you know, when I looked at my mom and my mom and dad, I was so fortunate that my mom was a stay at home mom and she always believed in me. So that's one thing that I is probably if, if I was a superhero, my, (laughs) my superpowers is kind of a corny one would be belief that I, I was given that gift of believing in myself. You know, I was raised to think that I could do anything I put my mind to and don't let anyone tell you otherwise. You know, and so what I also noticed is that my father was working his butt off and, you know, in a really tough commercial um, building industry and building like convention centers and he was the VP. So, I mean, he was under so much pressure and stress and the company treated him like crap. And so he was, he wasn't able to be around much. So the whole thing is that as a kid, all I saw was, well, how come my dad's not here at the game or, or, you know what I mean? Or like, why, why isn't that he's not able to be around like other, you know, parents are more commonly. And, and so I just always wanted to, you know, to be an entrepreneur. So for me, it was, 
you know, getting into college and um, I first got into network marketing. And what appealed to me was that I met people who were making six and seven figures a year driving Ferraris. And I was allured to like the, the cars and the, the houses and the material stuff. And so I got completely wrapped up in that. Um, because it was kind of like, that's what I envisioned, you know, like I, I, I would, I would, that's, that was my yardstick. That's how I was like measuring success at the early stages. And what I found was that, um, network marketing, like any business as an entrepreneur, it it requires, it requires a tremendous amount of blood, sweat and tears. I mean, it's, it is tough. And I would say that to me, one of the biggest gifts of my life was getting into network marketing because it is so dang hard that. I surrounded myself with people that we were getting no's 95% of the time, right? I mean, it, you talk to anyone. I talked to my mom. She starts screaming, it's a pyramid scam. I talked to people at college. I mean, I was 21 years old. Every human being that I knew, I called, I literally called every single person that I knew and asked them to join the company that I was in. And I'm like, how do you not see this? This is like a way to retire in five years. What are like, it, it, I couldn't compute why people wouldn't get it. And, um, but they had seen it before, right? Like it, for me, it was so new. And so I didn't know what I didn't know. And I just took massive action on it, but everyone told me no. But because I was surrounded by other people who, um, who were so strong mentally and they got into personal development because if you're going to per- if you're going to persist and persevere through that kind of pain like you really have to be mentally tough so that's why network marketers that's why they're they have some of the best speakers in the world at their conferences they've they've got you know, um, you know, they're all reading books, like they're all hanging out together because you have to be mentally tough. So I learned a lot from that. And so long story short on that is I went from uh, being terrible, you know, um, <laughs> having no sales, no customers and no reps signed up. I had nothing. And but I um, there was one thing that happened. And this is going to be the theme for this interview, which is I, I, I got really clear on a vision and and this is what pulls people through life. This isn't the biggest gift I can give you and give all your listeners is that when I met with a local guy who was the millionaire in Connecticut and I said to him and I declared publicly, I said, what will you give me if I get to rookie of the year? And he goes, well, you haven't signed anyone up. What makes you think that you'll be rookie of the year? And I said, because I can do anything I put my mind to and I'll figure it out and you'll help me, right? And he's like, well, I'll help you. But so... Rookie of the year was to get to this position called regional director. Um, with the, and I, so I only had 60 days left. <laughs> I had no signups. And so I, I said, what will you give me? And he goes, I'll buy you a $1,000 Movado watch. So for me, at 21 years old, dude, early 2000s, man, that was like blinging, dude. There was like, <laughs> it's not like today where you got all these like tons of watches. I mean, that was like a big deal. So I created this vision right? I wrote a letter of what it would feel like with me being the rookie of the year in a $2 billion company. And I told everyone that I was going to be the rookie of the year. I told everyone I was going to have this $1,000 Movado watch. I declared that goal publicly. So it's a five-step process. I'm going to, I'm going to break it down in, in, in a couple quick stories. So the first one is vision. I had a vision of being the rookie of the year. I had no clue how. All entrepreneurs 
all startups, they get so confused, and not all, but most, they get so stuck on the how. It's like once I get you clear on your vision and you clarify that and you get identify what you want, I don't care if you don't know how. You'll figure the how will will come to you with action. So, first step is vision. Mavada Watch, Rookie of the Year. Second step, I publicly declared that vision. I declared it. Now I wasn't on Facebook at the time, but I publicly declared it. I I let friends, family. I mean, everyone around me knew. And what happened was that created my accountability because I said I was going to do it. And so the way I was raised is that when you say you're going to do something, you do it. Like that's, you know, integrity is keeping your word. And so, um, so I said I was going to do it. Now, the next step, number three, is writing a letter as if it's already done. So we have to rewire and almost trick our brain into thinking that it's possible. Because in my current situation, well, hey, someone that just quit, could have been sitting next to me and they'd be like, Nick, like, how is it that someone who gets all those no's gets excited? And how is it that someone that gets no's or one no quits, right? It's just literally mindset. Everything is mindset. And so I decided that I was going to take the nose and allow, allow that to fuel me, that my vision was going to pull me because it, it wasn't just the watch. It was the lifestyle. It was being able to have kids one day and being there. It was all the things I dreamt of as a little kid. So I wrote this letter as if I had achieved it. So the letter, what it represents is that is belief. And every single day when you read a letter that explains what it feels like to put it on, when people ask about the watch, what I would say, how proud my dad would say he is of me. And as a man, like for, we're always trying to seek, you know, the, you know, uh, recognition from our dads and things. And, and, um, and that meant a lot. So I would read this letter, my hair would raise, I would get goosebumps and I would see myself having achieved it. Because when you get kicked in the pants in the daytime and you have that phone call that they say no, you want to give up, right? Like you want to quit. Like there's so much more negative energy that hits us and bombards us all day long. But I would pick that letter up and read it again and again and again and again. And then sure enough, you know, there's the law of attraction. There's God. There's plenty of provable factors at play that when you get yourself thinking along that direction and visualizing that happening, it's literally a provable fact that you are going to be in a better position than if you weren't reading the letter. So it's, it's, it's what I realized after the fact is that it's the same process that Navy SEALs use. When they breach that, you know, that building, they've breached it a thousand times prior to going in. Now they're also prepared for the, you know, for all the chaos that ensues that they haven't you know, um, visualize, but they run through so many scenarios that they're prepared. Olympic athletes, they visualize a thousand times before they ever, you know, swim that race. And so visualization is super important. Now, the next piece is uh, number four is resourcing up. So when you think about, all right, at that time in my life, it was like, well, how am I going to get to this regional director? I needed to resource up. Resourcing up means getting a mentor, getting a coach. If you can't afford a coach or a mentor, um, getting a book, Right, I started tearing through books about how to grow network marketing companies. I started asking, I started like interviewing people, not on a podcast that didn't really, that wasn't really cool back then. <laughs> um, but I started like just seeking advice from people, and I was young and hungry, and so I resourced up because the man that I was 
or kid, you know, at 21, I had to grow to be the guy that could break that, you know, break that record. I had to learn new skills. The guy that started that, you know, 60 day journey to get that watch and break the the company record. It's like the guy who I was, was not capable of doing that. I had to resource up. And then number five is choose faith over fear because every single day you're going to get attacked with all kinds of stuff. It's going to be negativity. It's going to be a family member saying that you can't do it. You're not good enough. You're going to get nailed, bombarded from multiple angles every day. But when the when those happen and you hit the challenge, it's a decision to say, you know what, I'm going to choose to have faith in myself and believe that, you know what, I can do what I wrote in that letter, that I can achieve that vision. And to only acknowledge the fear and use it as a motivator. The more fear that you have means the more you're going to grow. So that five-step process, it's it started with that network marketing company and I did hit the goal. I did get the watch. I did then go out and get like an M3 BMW when I was 21. <laughs> and then sure enough, man, sure enough that I graduated from college, turned down jobs, and then guess what? Company goes belly up. I get screwed. I end up paying all these young kids that I signed up out of my pocket and I go from like living on a high to all of a sudden being like 30 grand in debt at 22 years old. Wow. And that was like failure number one of 11. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love the fact that like, you know, you, you talked about uh, how you got past all these failures and how you just kept going and, and that writing that letter, letter and visualizing is so important. I know there's something that Tony Robbins talks about a lot. Um, and I, I am such a huge believer in that, getting the results uh, ahead of time. Uh, yep. So that you can have those feelings inside you to motivate motivate you to keep going when when things don't go your way. Um, so you you know you have eleven business failures. You 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 persevere. You push through all these things. You finally have success um, that is you know ongoing. Um, so with life on fire, what what prompted you or, or inspired you to start this particular business? You're doing you know business coaching. You're you're doing Facebook marketing. You're doing live events. Um, out of all the things that you, you've tried, why, why, uh, why this direction right now? Yeah. So it, um, what's interesting is that, you know, I went from, um, company to, you know, failure to failure until, uh, I started my, uh, advertising agency in 2010. So I'm going to backtrack real quick yeah. and then get, so 2010, $50,000 in debt and, I was so financially screwed that I had to just make a choice and I had to just get into action. And so I became a Facebook marketing expert. People thought I was nuts. I wasn't even on Facebook. They're like, Nick, I've heard now, now I've heard it all. You're going to be a Facebook marketing expert and you don't even have a personal profile. <laughs> like you're not even on Facebook. Like, are you out of your mind? Who are you to call yourself an expert? And it was like, you know what? I bought some courses and I know more than the guy, you know, the, a local business owner. And I'm just going to add value first. I'll add value and I'll... You know what I mean? Like we all got to start from something. So um, that business, man, I was so hungry. It took off. I sold it within two years, which is a goal that I had. I tattooed that goal on my chest. <laughs> I declared it publicly. I followed my five-step process vision. I declared it. I wrote the letter. <laughs> you know, I resourced up and um, faith over fear and, it, and I made it happen. So selling that business by 30 years old was a childhood dream and and I did it. And I went from living in a dump to living on the water in San Diego. And But what happened is that I realized that my whole life, I was so focused on like 
the waterfront property, like the cars. And I have a huge heart to give. So I have a, a lot of my you know, businesses, they've been rooted in giving. So it's like, I've always been giving to other people and and had businesses that help other people. But it's just like, what, what was crazy for me is that people think the American dream is like selling a business. And I think it's the biggest lie ever facing our generation because it's such a farce. Every person that I, everyone that I personally know, now this isn't obviously, you know, not every, you know, this can't be a a blanket generalization, but everyone that I know that sells a business, they don't come out the other end happier Hmm. because what happens is they get so they're, they're passionate about something. They build something that they love. And then when they sell it, the sale, the exit of a business is so brutal I mean, I went against the mergers and acquisitions team that put together Geek Squad and Best Buy, hmm. and then it was me. And I hired an attorney. I blew through more money. It was an, it was absurd how much money I spent on legal, and, and, and it's a nasty process. And it's not what you think. You don't just sell it and you walk away. It's like you sell it, and you now have these handcuffs, and you're now – it's, it's like having a job. It's like if you're an entrepreneur, you don't want to have a job. And it was like I sold the business and now I went from loving it, working with speakers, authors, experts, coaches, who I loved helping them get their message out there. And all of a sudden I'm working with insurance agency, like insurance companies like Safeco Insurance, Travelers, big, huge corporations. Like I didn't picture my life traveling around the country, sitting in board meetings about board meetings, just to have another board meeting about the meeting. Like it was just, <laughs> it was nuts. And so what I, what I ended up doing is I walked away from, um, you know, half the money that I would have made from the earnout, And, um, and what I realized is that it's not about the destination. Like we're programmed as kids to think about retirement and like, oh, in your golden years, you'll be happy. Or, oh, like, well, I'll just wait t- to, you know, some people say like, I'll wait to have a relationship or I'll wait to have kids until I'm ready or I'll wait to, till I retire to have fun. It's like, heck no. Like life on fire was born because out of my passion to help people live their lives now, Hmm. you know, to live their life now, like to start a business that helps people, but that's a business that even if you weren't getting paid, you would still do it. Like if I wasn't, Getting if, if I had all the money in the world and I didn't need to do anything, I would still do what I do with Life on Fire. I would still be at this microphone with you, man. Like, it's my passion is helping people live their life to the fullest. I call that living a life on fire. And what that means is that it's about living today. It's like living as if you only have two weeks left. We've all seen the videos or, you know, heard the stories of someone that gets in the car accident or someone that has a terminal illness and boom, they all of a sudden, they live life so friggin' hard in two weeks because they only have two weeks left. Imagine living your whole life fully, you know, and that's, uh, you know, that's having wealth, that's having love, that's having great, you know, um, having a spiritual connection, you know, being happy. So we just believe in having the full picture. And that's my mission is to help people live their lives on fire. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. I love that mission. So I, I had a, I had a chance to have one of your mentees, Calvin Wayman on the show. Uh, nice. and, uh, and Calvin, you know, he had great things to say about you and he, he, uh, learned a lot. And, uh, one of the things that, that stuck out to me, uh, was when Calvin was talking about how deep in debt he was and how he invested a lot of money into a coaching package that he, you know, at the time couldn't afford. And uh, I asked him, you know, how is it that, you know, going through different failures that you had and being in debt, 
um, that you were able to, I guess, have enough faith to shell out that kind of money. And he said, you know, successful people, they don't worry about whether or not they're making the right decision. They make a decision and they make it right. Um, and so I'm, I'm, I'm curious for yourself. I know you, you went through, you know, similar things where you were in debt and you had to spend more money to get out of debt, right? To get yourself trained, yeah. to go to conferences, you know, things like that. How do you, when you're, you're talking about this faith over fear thing, um, how do people balance the difference between like having faith and doing something irresponsible, right? Because I know a lot of people, they, they struggle with that. They think like, am I, am I being faithful or am I doing something irresponsible? Like, what, what do you, what do you think about that? What are your, what are your thoughts on that? So, I, I mean, it, to me, all that comes back to, um, essentially with what one of my big mantras is when you make the decision, you can, it's, it's in your power to make that decision. Right. Mm -hmm. So if you are investing in coaching or a mentor, you know, for me, I've had to be, um, pretty calculated with that, you know, even as life and fire grows, I mean, we're doing really, really well, but, um, the bigger the company, the bigger the investments you make, the bigger the company, the bigger the risks you take, you know, and, and so it, it actually never really changes. It's just, you, it's like, you just have to make sure that you feel in your gut. I mean, it's such a basic, you know, answer, but it's like every time that I've gone with the crowd or every time that, you know, I sought you know, advice from, from, from people that weren't like paid mentors mm -hmm. and I didn't trust my own true belief and gut. It, it, it's always backfired. I mean, I've, I've, I've lost companies as a result of that. I mean, it's, it's like when I, so I, I would say that, you know, for someone that's uh, making a decision, whether it's hiring a coach or making, um, a financial decision, if it's, if it's about money and that, you know, choosing faith over fear as it relates to money, you got to be able to connect the dots into where you're going to make it. So for Calvin, he invested in, in me and in our coaching 20 grand and he didn't have the money. Right. Um, but we also represented a proven track record in historical evidence and tons of references that we've helped lots of people create success, you know, and I, and I've been there and I've done it. I'm not just a coach that, you know, says he's a coach. It's like I built and sold a company. It's like, I, I'm the real deal. And right. so he knew that as long as he did the work that that for him is an investment. It wasn't an expense. And that for him is it'll make him millions of dollars, you know, and he's already crushed it out of the gate. But ultimately, you know, that's why we never, we never really, I don't like to think we never like sell coaching. We don't do any hard sell or anything like that because I never want to make that decision for somebody. Mm -hmm. I want in, in, you know, our model is we add so much value and then we allow people, we attract people to us. And if they want to play and they want to go all in, cool. Then, like you know, we'll talk about what it looks like to coach together. But it's, it's, the person has to be ready, and they've got to know themselves well enough to know, like, are you going to take the action? Mm -hmm. Because if you've got a history of being stuck and overwhelmed, and if, and, and what I love about life is, hey, it's a decision. You can get out of it. You can change your state and change your life instantly with one thought and decision, and then get into action. But you know, it's like you just got to trust your own judgment and say, all right, you know. Are you really going to put in the work to make that decision right? Right. Okay. I like that. So um, the next thing I want to talk about is uh, your your coaching business. So who, when you're when you're talking about the people that are going to really crush it, who are going to be serious about it, who aren't just going to, I guess, kind of dip, dip their toe in the water and not really do the work. Who's your ideal client? What is what is that person's? Um, I guess either life look like or mentality look like or uh, how would you describe that person? So author, speaker, expert, 
coach. Okay. So they're they're kind of in the same realm. And it's funny, that's that's that was my ideal client back when I had the Facebook advertising agency. Mm-hmm. The reason why they're ideal, um, so someone that is an author uh, is great or a coach, um, a speaker, you know, we put on great events, we know how to speak and sell from state and all of that kind of stuff. And it's like, um, the big thing that drives me on that is that to me is the ripple effect that we're creating. Um, we joke around and call it the tsunami effect because if I take all of my energy and I pour it into someone like a, a big corporation, right. And I get a million dollar check to work with Geico, let's just say, right. And which is totally possible because I've already worked with some huge multi-billion dollar insurance companies. For me, just selling more of a commodity of insurance doesn't light me up. It doesn't get me out of, out of bed and doesn't give me the – that's not my vision. Me lighting people up and equipping authors, speakers, et- experts, coaches, those are all people in all professions that they have a heart and a desire to help people. You can't be an author if you're not trying to help people <laughs> because you're writing a book that's you know for people. So it's like – that by the very nature of who they are, they all have a message. And for me, if I can help them clarify that message, if I can help them get the message out to more people, if I can help them learn how to do what I did in 11 failures, if I can get it down to where they don't fail, period, and instead of it taking them freaking 10 years, they can do it in one like Calvin. That's insane. Like I wish I had me when I was, you know, got started. (laughs) But, But what I love is because uh, my my whole thing is when I meet my maker at the end of my life is I want to I want to use up all the potential that I have on the inside. I don't want to leave anything on the field, but I want to make a difference. And for me, making a difference is it's about lighting up those other people. And, you know, so someone that feels that they've got a message and they're going to make a difference, then that's the, that's our tribe. That's our people. And I think that's what makes it really special, you know, at our events and in and, and the people that we attract because, we attract people that want to help people. So that's awesome. Well, Nick, I've really enjoyed your Life on Fire event. I enjoyed the uh, the, the speeches that you gave at uh, both uh, the No Excuses Summit and at Thrive. I've really enjoyed this conversation as well. Uh, you know, you have a great story, you have great advice, and I'm sure that uh, you know you're going to continue to to kill it, and uh, you know your business. Is gonna is gonna grow significantly, and anyone who uh, takes you on uh, as a mentor, uh, I'm sure their business will uh, will you know grow tenfold. Uh, but before we go, I want to know how can the Baller Circle get in touch with you and learn more about your business and uh, the the kind of services you provide? Yeah, for sure, for sure. So um, I love Facebook, so I would um, I would connect on Facebook, follow me up there. Um, and just just search for Nick Unsworth. I, I just I'm always sharing a lot of cool like behind the scenes stuff and just it, it's it's fun. It's just fun for me. Um, outside of that, business wise, uh, lifeonfire.com, and um, we're actually uh, in the middle of we'll be rolling out a whole new website. But we've got some really great stuff. We've got um, you know a couple hundred episodes of Life on Fire TV. We put a lot of time, money, and energy into that and. Essentially, if someone wanted to take our coaching program and to implement it without hiring us, you could just watch Life and Fire TV. I mean, shoot, we've got sessions from the events. We've we've got our best stuff on there. Um, we may obviously, you know, hiring us is a whole different ball game of accountability and, and breakthrough and everything. But that's a great resource. So I would connect uh, on Facebook and connect and uh, tune into Life and Fire TV. Okay, perfect. Well, thanks a lot, Nick. I really appreciate the time. Uh, have a great day. You too. All right. Thanks, man.
That's our show for today. As usual, thanks for listening. You can check out the blog post for this episode as well as listen to other episodes of the Internet Ballers podcast at www.internetballers.com. Again, I'm Michael Pasha and happy marketing. Thanks for listening to the Internet Ballers podcast. Through our guest stories, you will learn the path to go from struggling entrepreneur to internet baller. We'll see you on the next episode.